Welcome to Teaching Channel Talks. I'm your host, Wendy Amato, and as often as I can, I jump into conversations about topics that matter in education. In this episode, it's my pleasure to welcome the Executive Director of Proof Positive, Patricia Wright. Welcome. Wendy, I am so happy to be here, be a participant on your uh, learning experience. This is great. I'm excited to share information uh, about tools and resources and mindsets and ways of being that will improve quality of life for people everywhere. So thank you for joining me. You are dedicated to improving the well-being of autistic people and their families, providers, and communities. That's quite a lot. I Well, we're all in relationship, right? So we're, nobody is, is uh, out on an island. So uh, proof positive for person, you know, for myself as well. I, you know, we need to be working to ensure people are connected, right? And I think about the Surgeon General's report that just came out saying how lonely our society is right now, and that breaks my heart a little bit. And so thinking about how do we build connections, families, communities, everyone. Proof positive is an autism well-being alliance. What does that mean? So well-being, we're focused on the well-being of our autistic individuals and, as you mentioned, families, providers, and communities. And we know that we can't do this alone, so we intentionally chose the word alliance, and we welcome people to join our alliance and have a commitment to well-being. Tell me more about the organization, uh, how it got started, who's involved, what, how you include others. Yes. So we are, we're you know, formed by a generous sponsor, uh, the, a family who was interested in well-being and autism because of their son, Dylan, chose to start a foundation. So we're in this very privileged position where we're able to create resources and tools um, at no cost to the user because of our founders. So our foundation uh, allows that. And they wanted to ensure that their, what they saw work for their son, which was the principles of positive psychology, uh, applied to his life, I guess I would say, not just his learning, but his life was resulted in him having friends and learning and again, being connection, connected in relationship with people. They saw this work and through their generosity, they said, we want to make this available to others. And so they started the foundation. Talk to me about positive psychology. Tell me sure. that it's more than just saying, push through it, have a good <laughs> attitude, put a smile on your face. Yeah. So I always say like, I'm no expert in positive psychology. I have this wonderful uh, partner at Proof Positive, Katie Curran, who has a graduate degree in this and has been practicing positive psychology. Uh, and she is a, a, you know, shares her, her, her wisdom with such grace. And I've been learning from her. Uh, so positive psychology was founded in 1999 by an individual named Dr. Martin Seligman at, uh, at Penn. And he had spent a career focusing on typical psychology, which we think about as kind of alleviating suffering. So we know that that's incredibly important. We have lots of uh, categories in that. So think of depression and anxiety and very important treatment uh, for those. And he became the president of the American Psychological Association in 1999, and he made this platform to think about human flourishing. So, you know, alleviating suffering is important, but it's also important to think about how do we promote human flourishing? So, you know, if you're suffering to languishing, how do you get from languishing to flourishing? And that's positive psychology. And it's built on a, a theory of well-being called PERMA. 
Let's explore PERMA a little bit. I, I just want to make a connection between what I'm hearing and educators with their focus on having a positive mindset or avoiding yeah. deficit thinking. It's not just about coming up out of negative, but it's about being in the positive side. And the, the connections here are really obvious. Yeah. Well, Wendy, particularly now, right? Like, I mean, I am, uh, I would say I'm, I'm now an elder. And when I became a teacher, I started- <laughs> Wait a minute. My, I think we, we both get that title. <laughs> I started my career in the 80s. I started teaching in the 80s and um, teaching, you know, I had to, I had to struggle to get a job teaching, you know, when I think about the, you know, teaching was a, a profession that many people were entering and we're seeing that kind of decrease now because of the challenges of teaching and what's happening. And, you know, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit when I read articles about educators um, not being supported and, and not flourishing in their careers. And so, um, so you're right. It's not just about, um, you know, addressing negativity. It's actually about championing your own well-being. And yeah. so for educators, right, like it's a tough profession. I've had a lot of jobs. Teaching was the hardest job I've ever had. And, but I did flourish in it and I did because of some of the practices that I had, you know, I, I appreciate you kind of bringing us back there to say, like, it's not just about counteracting negativity. It's actually about practicing what promotes well-being, and it is learned. We like to say happiness is learned. And I don't, I don't think people kind of understand that sometimes they think it's just a natural state, but actually happiness is learned. Patricia, tell me more about happiness being learned. I, I'm, and I'm thinking too about all of these educators who have been told to take care of themselves, go have a bubble bath. Here's a, here's a ducky for you. Now you'll feel better, but it, it's, that's, it's not a band-aid situation. Yeah. So I think, you know, we do hear a lot about self-care and we hear about people. And I think sometimes it feels simplistic for those of us that are working in com complex environments and mm -hmm. schools are complex environments, right? Mm -hmm. As educators, we absorb the energy of our students and we absorb that that emotional um, you know, status of our school and all of those things. And so, yeah, it's not just about a bubble bath, right? Like, you know, I like a good bubble bath too, but there actually are evidence-based skills that promote happiness and well-being. So one of the obvious ones is gratitude, right? But gratitude is a practice and it, it's, you know, it's, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to be grateful. It's I'm actually going to use the practice of three good things, which means every day writing down three good things and determining why they were good, what made them good. So it's not just about, oh, I'm going to be grateful. It's actually engaging in specific practices. Tell me more about that. There are people that, that are probably seeking recommendations who, who feel called to establishing the practices and creating the habits of mind and body. What, what else might you recommend? Yes. So I also will say that our organization Proof Positive is committed to making these accessible so that people can, you know, visit our website. You know, we say learn, got to learn what they are, practice, then teach them, and then we can spread them. But first you have to learn and practice for yourself. So gratitude, um, I just mentioned three good things. There's another thing about strengths and character strengths, using what you're good at. So often we think about how counteracting what you're not good at. So I struggle a little bit with creativity and sometimes I think, oh, I should focus on being more creative. That's not a strength of mine necessarily. What I am good at is I have lots of energy. You know, my, I have several colleagues that are really good at creative activity, creative things. So let them be creative 
let me operationalize and move through that experience. So using our strengths is another way that we can focus on it rather than trying to compensate for our deficits. One of my favorites and on our website is called Jolts of Joy. And Jolts of Joy is how to induce positive emotions in yourself. And it gives you a little boost. So um, uh, for me, a Jolt of Joy is dancing. So sometimes when I'm like feeling like, oh, I'm a little, I need a little jolt of joy. And what that does is I just get up, dance quickly to music for 30 seconds. And that induces positive emotions, which opens me up to be able to get my work done, focus. It also has health benefits like cardiovascular benefits and other things. So a little jolt of joy. There's all these, again, evidence-based strategies that we can use that will promote well-being. That's triggering some good brain chemistry. Yes, absolutely. I mean, a hit from a jolt of joy can be as satisfying as, uh, you know, something synthetic. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, I reach for caffeine sometimes as well. Um, but <laughs> yeah, and we also know like movement, right? Like how often do we hear, you know, just take a walk, but really just take a walk, you know? And like how it's, it's sometimes like, oh, I don't have time for that. But we know that the evidence says like if you you know have movement in your day you're actually much more productive for the rest of your day so take those minutes take those minutes to take care of yourself and, and you know and again i appreciate that you're differentiating the take a bath which is also important but take a bath from actually these evidence-based skills these habits we need to form so that we uh, are actually um, truly improving our well-being yeah, I, it sounds like one of the differences, what I'm hearing here versus what I hear teachers getting frustrated about is the depth of, uh, of the, the solutions being explored. The take a bath approach or uh, teacher wellness in a superficial way is A, temporary, B, superficial, and C, not really getting at the issues that drive us in the wrong direction in the first place. What I hear you describing is a, is a deep grounding practice with sustained benefits and really addressing what we need as human beings. Absolutely. I think the other thing, because we come at this from a perspective, so I said, learn, practice, and then teach. The other thing that we're doing is also developing teaching materials and, and resources for educators to use with their students. Because it's so interesting. Sometimes teachers are, we take care of ourselves last. We think about our students always mm -hmm. first, mm -hmm. but I, I do know that. And so we um, have built those teaching materials and made them accessible for autistic learners, learners that have learning differences, because we also know these strategies, these gratitude practices, um, we need to be teaching them to students as well. And so learn, practice, teach, right? So, you know, in our, on, our, on our website, we have that sequence where learn them yourselves, practice them for yourselves. And then we have teaching decks and materials available again at no cost for educators to be able to use this with their students and, and their students with learning differences. And that's really important to us too. You and I both know that a teacher going to the proof positive site is going to scroll down. They're going to see those categories across and they're just going to go directly to teach. Yes, they to, are. To get their resources. Well, that's what we do. That's, our, that's like our soul, right? Like we have these like, that's why we became teachers is, you know, that's what motivated me. Like people said, why did you want to teach? And I was like, I love to watch people learn, right? Like I, it's so powerful. I can remember seeing kids learn how to read for the first time or yes. my autistic learners. The first, I can get goosebumps from 30 years ago, thinking about the first time uh, a child figured out communication. They figured out like, oh, I do this and that gets you engaged with me. Oh, like 
bliss, just bliss. So That's yes, wonderful. but I do want to, but we know that you have to do those practices for yourself. Take care of yourself, engage in those well-being practices, um, establish them on your own being, because we also know that modeling is powerful. So you as an educator modeling for your students to say like, yep, I do a daily meditation. We're going to do a daily meditation together um, is very important. I like the idea of doing it together. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we know that teachers are role models in so many ways and to think that we can expand beyond our content area and think about some life practices, that's, yes. that's priceless. Tell me more about resources and guidance and support we can find on the Proof Positive website. Yeah, so again, we've, we've um, developed it from a kind of skill base. So thinking about the skills, jolts of joy, character strengths, there's a little bit about PERMA on there. Again, that theory of well-being to go back and revisit that to understand where this all comes from. And then science is important to us. Our mission is actually to spread the science and skills of happiness. And so science is important to us. And you've heard me say kind of evidence-based, evidence-informed skills, because we don't want to be um, the bubble bath group. Um, we want to be the group that understands that this has uh, research behind it. So we also have a section on science where we curate articles on all of these topics, um, abstracts. And then we also have a special section curated related to positive psychology and autism specifically. Um, we are the Autism Wellbeing Alliance. So we have specific materials related to educators who are interested in the topic of autism. I like thinking about the educator resources on the website, knowing that the Autism Wellbeing Alliance was originally funded with a gift from a family, because it would be easy to, to be so family focused that teacher materials, I don't know, could have been left out. But we know that the role of the teacher is often um, bigger and sometimes bumps into family. Yeah, we welcome everyone. And certainly we know that um, that we've got the spread sec section. So learn, practice, teach, and then we say spread. And spread has a section for families because we know the interplay between educators and families is so, it's just invaluable, right? Like we, we know that families working in, in concert with educators, we get the best outcomes. So yes. there's ideas in the spread section specifically for families. And then also in the spread section, we have it related to community at large, but also school community. You know, the age old practice of bulletin boards, right? You're walking down the hallway. So we have materials to develop, um, you know, gratitude bulletin boards and tools and resources says, you know, as a teacher, you were forever thinking like, oh, I'm responsible for the bulletin board in February. It's like, well, print this it's out. It's done for you it's now. Done. Exactly. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Imagining so, the resources that, um, that students would see at home and at school, having some uh, partnership would be so reassuring that, that yes. life is consistent. These practices are meaningful wherever you are. That's important. Yeah, and Wendy, you know, when you talk to families, when you say, what do you want for your child? Every parent, every parent, the first thing they say is, I want my child to be happy. It's not enough to be happy, right? We also want our child to be productive and have meaning and have community and all of those things. But the first thing families say is some version of, I want my child to be happy. And we just don't extend enough energy towards that happiness. We think happiness is going to come from a good grade or it's going to come from, but really happiness comes from learning the skills of, of well-being. 
yeah, outside in or inside out thinking mm-hmm. makes a oh. difference. Tell me about PERMA and tell me yeah. about adding the PERMA Plus because we've the got plus. a health health ingredient on it. Yeah, I mentioned Dr. Seligman and his, you know, theory of well-being is PERMA and that's an acronym. And it's, this is what makes up well-being when someone says like, oh, what is well-being? It's positive emotions, engagement, relationships, meaning or mattering, kind of being connected to something bigger than yourselves and accomplishment, right? Those goals that we set for ourselves. And then um, the plus was added by a few researchers and we've also adopted that because um, the understanding is that we uh, health is the plus, perma plus for us that plus is health. And so thinking about movement, nutrition and sleep. And I don't think any of us will argue that those are, those are not important. And so, you know, PERMA is not um, sequential. You don't get positive emotions to get engagement or get be in relationship to have accomplishment, but they're all together. And I think that we've, there's just become an understanding and that, you know, continued research of like, you know, sleep is just imperative, right? Like how, how do you get into flow and engagement if you're exhausted, right? Or, you know, and for, for movement, we know that that increases our ability to accomplish things, you know, and, and nutrition. Nutrition, um, you know, if you don't have adequate nutrition or appropriate nutrition, it's really hard to think and engage and, you know, be connected with other people in relationships. So that's why that plus was added. And I I don't think there's any disagreement about the importance of those categories. Um, And then we know in the the autism community, um, we have higher rates of obesity. We have many more difficulties with sleep. So I think it's particularly important um, for our community to think about how we address that plus and that health. What would you like for mainstreamers to know about the autism community? How can we use this moment to educate people? Yeah, I think, you know, it's so interesting. I've I've worked in this field, I'm not autistic. So uh, I would say one of my go-to resources, right, are autistic people themselves. And I feel like the neurodiversity movement, which is, you know, kind of thinking about neurodiversity and. Um, definitely from a from a justice and a social justice standpoint, thinking about civil rights and um, how we engage um, individuals from the communities to to be the ones in power and the ones in education is is important. Um, we've seen the prevalence rate increase so much in in autism over the last several years, and we've seen this neurodiversity movement become more present. And it's been telling people like me who are not neurodiverse, it's taught me to listen to read um, narratives that are written by autistic voices. You know, we think about some of the classics of Temple Grandin and, you know, John Elder Robeson, who, you know, they've kind of been, and we see people on social media now. And so I think that for me, the education is that we should be listening to the the individuals who are having this experience to help us understand um, what works and what works for them specifically at an individual level. As a teacher, relationship is everything relationship is everything and so understanding the strengths of your autistic learners and being connected to them makes you a much better educator talk to me about gratitude Uh, the first time that i met you there's just something about you that's just like i appreciate life i appreciate moments i appreciate people i appreciate opportunities and uh i i feel like uh, gratitude is definitely something that you practice and, oh. um, and, and exude. Tell me about it. 
Yeah, so it's so interesting. You think about like positive psychology, I, I you know, just learning about it and you start hearing these acronyms like PERMA and positive psychology and it, like it gets, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I've got so much to learn. And then with gratitude, it's, it's uh, you know, let's drive back to what our grandmother said is, you know, you know, be grateful, count your blessings. Like these are kind of these like age old lessons that we've finally actually started like putting some. Well, some they stand the test of time for a Absolutely. reason. Right. So like our grandmother said this for a reason. And so gratitude, I, I, you know, gosh, the evidence base is just so incredibly deep. And I, as a scientist, love that. So every time when you dig in and you look at gratitude and a gratitude practice, so we mentioned, you know, three good things, you know, what went well, there's all these different ways of practicing gratitude, of, of engaging in this practice of, of, of gratitude. And what I love is it's good for the individual hearing, like who doesn't like to hear, like, oh, I'm so grateful that you, you know, Wendy, I'm so grateful that you invited me to participate, you know, and have this opportunity to share in this experience. Okay, that's good for you. It's also good for me. Like, that's what's so great about these practices of gratitude is it's like, yes, it's good for everyone. Yes. It increases our positive emotions. It, in, it improves our relationship, right? Like, you now like me better because I said something that I was grateful <laughs> for that you did. I mean, all these things, it builds and builds and builds. And so gratitude, the practices of gratitude, and I think that's what, what I would like to kind of continually reinforce. It's like, it is a practice. You have to do it. You, you, you know, if you, you, if you have a gratitude journal, it only works if you write in the journal, you know? So it's like, people are like, oh yeah, yeah, I heard about that. It's like, okay, you know, um, there are the practices and then there's the human behavior that has to actually change to do the practices. And that's what we want to encourage people to do. Like do it and then it just becomes, it makes you feel better. So you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it. And so that's, um, you know, the gratitude is do it for yourself, do it for everybody else that gets it from you and, you know, it's just going to make the world a better place. Well, I will finish us by saying that I am grateful for having a conversation with you today, especially one that we can share with others. You've talked about the uh, proof positive organization. You've talked about autism and how to be a more inclusive educator. You've shared pathway for everyone to find resources, whether they're seeking them for their families or as a provider or as a community member. For that, I am grateful. Thank you, Wendy. I so appreciate being a participant and, and what you guys do to, to spread the word about becoming an effective educator. To our fellow educators everywhere, Patricia and I say thank you to you all for listening. If you'd like to explore the topics that Patricia and I discussed today, please check out the show notes at teachingchannel.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe on whatever listening app you use that will help others to find us and to join the conversation. I'll see you again soon for another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.